Hello, hello, Bears. Welcome to this week's edition of the JersNet Weekly Podcast and what's been an absolutely fantastic day at Ibrox Park. Rangers 2, Celtic now got it right up them for the start. Uh, it's episode 45 of the Jairs Net podcast and I am your host, Colin Armstrong. We would encourage you to subscribe to the podcast and also you can comment tonight. It's interactive. Uh, we've got the, the comment section open on YouTube. So give us your thoughts. Let us know what you're thinking. We'll try and give you a wee shout out. If you don't already, we would ask you to subscribe to the postcard, a postcard podcast and share it on social media. Uh, and even though we're live tonight, I have to remind you all that uh, it will be available to download and stream on a variety of platforms, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, CastBox, Stitcher, and now Spotify. While we have you, I would also ask if you would give us a little vote in the British Podcast Awards. The deadline is next Saturday, the 18th of May. You can do that at www.britishpodcastawards.com. So anyway, straight into it, because it was, uh, after all, it was a great day at Ibrox today. So let's get into the guest introductions, and we've got uh, Pete. How are you, Pete? Hello, sorry. <laughs> I, I was sitting talking to myself for a minute there. Aye, aye. You're still on Pete, because there was a bit of a time delay there. <laughs> no, I'm uh, doing fine. Join us. The sun, the same as you were today, I believe, at Yeah, Ibrox. it was quite nice today, yeah. Uh, the weather was uh, one of... A few things that were pretty good about today. Uh, did you watch the game, I take it? Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, it was... Uh, yeah, well, I'm not, not going to miss that one, am I? <laughs> no, uh, no, no, you're not. The top point of the season, uh, Celtic at Ibrox, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a good one, good one. Enjoyed it. Uh, I'm a wee bit nervous at times through it. I was a wee bit frustrated a couple of things, but overall, uh, I, I, I actually felt we could have gave them a proper pump in the day, but it was not to be. Well, I felt I felt like it was watching a movie. It was like uh, a blue movie, Fifty Shades of Grey and Green. Oh dear! Full, 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 oh. <laughs> full of control oh. and total denomination. Oh. <laughs> we need to put you back to Australia, people. That part, I honestly go. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Green and Grey. <laughs> oh dear, dear. Oh well. yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's full of domination, wasn't it? That's yeah, uh... aye, aye, we totally dominated. It was. Is, is this a dominatrix gag you're putting in as yeah. well? Then, aye? Yeah, yeah. Oh, dear, it's, it's my first thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also joining us tonight, we've got David Thomason. How are you, David? You've got that wrong as well, Colin. Oh no, it's David Fraser. You're David <laughs> Thomason. I'm no bad, Colin. I've got them. I'm basking in the glory of skint shins here from celebrating the goals. I have to say, it was even the second one went in the day. There's a guy who sits behind me, Ross. He sometimes listens in. So if you're listening in, Ross, how are you doing? He went half. He's not. Honest to God, he does. <laughs> he, he, he literally landed on top of me. You know what I mean? I've never seen him celebrate like that for a long, long time. Uh, so I, I can I can imagine that his shins and elbows and knees will be a fair bit battered as well because he, he went he went ballistic when that second goal went in. So did you enjoy today, David? I did indeed. I it was it was enjoyable as you say, Colin. Um, a very good performance. 
Uh, like you, I think um, we missed a, an opportunity to stick about four or five past them. Um, but I'll, I'll take a victory. Oh, they always take a victory. Always. Yeah, absolutely. But I felt, I actually felt going into the game, I, I said this on the preview show, that I felt there was a wee possibility we could get a three or four nothing. And I, I just think we're a wee bit more, I don't know, precision in some of the stuff that we were doing today. Uh, we could have got that. But, hey, I'll take two nothing every day of the week. I'll take it every single day of the week. Happy with that. Anyway, let's get on to it. Let's look at the... Let's do the analysis. Can we, can we just talk about sports scene and how sick they were? No, no, we'll come to that. We'll come to that later. Uh, right, Pete, coming to you first. We, we spoke on Thursday in the preview show about the sort of lineup. I, I put my expected lineup today on Twitter before the game. Uh, I went with Andy Halliday at left back, but pretty much the, the, the same team. Obviously, Wes was having to come in for, for uh, McGregor. Was the line up pretty much what you were what you were expecting? Yeah, well, the only change I thought it might have been was he brought in Morelos, but uh, no, I, I really pretty expected that one. Uh, there, there was a, uh, it was, yeah, we've, we've won. What's that now? Five. We had won five in a row. That's now six in a row. So I, I, it's difficult to change a winning team, isn't it? Yeah, I agree with that. I as and I, I think that's why. Morelos didn't start as well, you know. I, I mean, the amount of goals we've scored since he's been out, and we've only conceded one. So yeah, I, I did think there would there was a wee chance for Hardy. I think these are his type of games, and and I think he sort of set the tone in the last game at Ibrox, you know. Uh, but I think but, I think Arfield Arfield seems to play a lot, play a lot happier when uh, the four's next to him. Yeah, aye. And I yeah, think that is. I think the Celtic players didn't really know what to do with the foe either. I think if you'd, you had put on Morelos, Morelos, he looks for the defenders, whereas the foe tries to get away from the defenders. And I think that makes a big difference as well today. I think Morelos, he's, he's so competitive, uh, competitive as well. You know, he, he's always, you know, he's quite physical. He's getting involved all the time. And, and I, I think sometimes it just centres around him. Whereas, you know, I think the foe, offer something different. I think, again, we spoke about this on Thursday, that Arfield, you know, he's, he's doing a, a slightly different thing now, and I think he's he, he looks a better player for it. Uh, but we'll come on to that later on uh, through our analysis. Uh, David, coming to you, obviously last week there, there was issue with McGregor, stupidly sent off, you know, so we knew then that there was, there was some talk on sort of social media at the time that we could just appeal it, but you know, if you go down that road and the appeal is unsuccessful, which it probably would have been, uh, it would have been available for today, but, you know, it might have got a, a, a heavier suspension. So I think I think Rangers basically decided we'll just take the hit. So we knew, you know, pretty much for last Sunday that we were going into this game with Wes and there was, you know, given that he was in goals for a couple of those doings that we took, you know, you, you, you do kind of wonder, but Nothing to worry about. I don't think he'll need to wash his cat after that today. You know, one save and it was in the like the eighty fifth minute or something like that. Aye, he's um, he didn't he didn't do a lot wrong. I, I don't think um, over the course of his Rangers career, Wes Fotheringham's let Rangers down. To be fair, um, you know, there's certain criticisms you, you could legitimately level at him. Um, you know, the people 
often cite the fact he, he's, he's not that clever um, shots from distance. Some people say he takes too long and he's distributing the ball. Others say he doesn't really command his box. But as you say, I mean, it, he only that shot to save from, uh, I think it was Oliver Burke. And uh, other than that, there was, a, there was maybe a couple of times in the first half where he, he dwelt on the ball a wee bit too too long for, for many people's liking. But um, no, other than that, I think uh, Wes, you know, as you say, he didn't have a hell of a lot to do. Sorry, I'm talking here without unmuting my mic. I know what you're going on about with some of the passbacks that he, he took, but a couple of them I thought didn't help him. I, I wouldn't say they were hospital balls, but, you know, I mean, the, the, they didn't help him in that respect, and he had to sort of take a touch and, and allow the players to close him down. I'm with you. I don't think he's done anything massively wrong in his Rangers career. Uh, the shots for distance thing, I think that is an issue, and it has been a sort of reoccurring issue when he's... You know, he's, he's been in goal for us, but I mean, but today it literally had nothing to do. You know, as I said, I don't think they'll need to wash his kit. It'll be, it'll be as fresh as a daisy because I, I, I don't recall, up until that shot from Ollie Burke late on in the game, I don't recall him having to do anything. Let's face it, though, Colin, that, that shot from Burke, it should have been it should have been a goal. I mean, it, he totally just miskicked it. I mean, it was a good save. But it should have been right in the corner. Should they shouldn't have been able to get near it? No, no, it's a poor effort. But you know, they can only save what's put in front of them, so to speak. You know what I mean? So, uh, aye, I, as I said, I was slightly fearful with Wes and goals, but you know, not oh, whatever. You could have addressed McCrory in today, and he would have still have done well. He's got hundred percent shutout. Record, you know what I mean? I take Ross McCrory every day of the week. <laughs> uh, Pete, coming at you, the first goal, Tav, two minutes in. Best possible start. It was. It's kind of one of those ones. I, I seen Scott Bain getting a bit of stick for it, but I think it's one of those ones that you know Tav's hit it so well. I think Bain is anticipating a touch, so he's just holding his position, holding his position, waiting for the touch so he can go one way. And then when no one gets a touch, it, it's too late for him to react, and it just goes straight in. Well, that's it's just the quality of the ball. I mean, it was really fantastic. It was just perfect height. Uh, it could when somebody could have got a touch in it and a way in, and that's why uh, Bain didn't go for it because it was it was a height that people could have just got a touch a wee flick on it, and he just waited and waited and waited as you say, and yeah, he, he wasn't covering the corner, so the ball, I was I was going to say crept crept in the corner, but it didn't really creep creep in. It went in with quite a quite a velocity, so. Uh, no, the quality of the cross—that's uh, that's where that was. That one came from, and it's absolutely brilliant. And if you think, uh, I don't know, but Tavernier must have scored more goals than the Celtics' main strikers, I think, this year. Yeah, and I mean, the, we have to we have to put it into some sort of context. You know, he, he has had a lot of penalties, but even still, you know, his record from penalties is pretty impressive. You know, uh, yeah, and he's, he's the level of his assists as well is, is pretty impressive. So. Yeah, but I think what you're saying there is right. You know, it's one of those ones, Bain, he's, as I said, I, I saw him taking some stick. I think it was Chris Boyd was sort of having a go at him in the analysis. Uh, I kind of thought it's one of those ones. There, there wasn't much he could really do about it. David, the after that, you know, early goal, I thought, you know, 
come back to what we were talking about earlier on when we could have possibly gave them a bit of a do in the day. You know, when you get the early goal, you think, oh, that's us. Great foundation, push on, see where we end up. But I kind of felt after that, you know, there was Celtic had a wee sort of 20, 25 minute phase, but they seemed to have a lot of the ball and uh, Hayes certainly had a lot of it on the left-hand side. Never really done much with it. And, you know, it was all in front of Rangers, but that's probably the part of the game I started to get a bit itchy. I started to think that Celtic were maybe threatening to come back into it. Uh, how did you feel at that particular time in the game? Um, I, I can see where you're coming from. Uh, I think it, it could it could well be down to the tactics, Colin. I think they were comfortable letting the likes of Johnny Hayes have the ball wide. Obviously, that midfield's pretty narrow. Um, so they do tend to get exposed in, in the wider areas, but I think it was deliberate. Um, having said that, though, you know, they, they did. They certainly grew into the game in the last, maybe you know, with maybe the exception of the last five minutes, of the first half and the middle period of the half, they grew in confidence. But I think, you know, they didn't do a heck of a lot with the ball. So um, I, I could understand why you might be getting a wee bit edgy, but I, I didn't really feel under any any real threat as we've discussed there. It was it wasn't as if Fodring was. Was dealing with a lot of shots. The back line wasn't getting turned. Celtic weren't getting in behind us. Um, so I felt pretty comfortable. I thought the, mid, the midfield three um, were, were pretty good. They, did, they seemed to kind of, they nullified any space in between the lines for Tom Rogic to, to drop into where he's, he's caused us a lot of damage in previous games. And, and that didn't seem to feature very much as, uh, as the, the game wore on. So, um, no, I was I wasn't too edgy. I would have to say there was times a day. I, I think it was fairly late on in the game before I realised uh, Rogic was actually playing. You know what I mean? That it was it was one of the games, and I, it was actually someone in the subway coming coming home. Uh, I was getting the, the subway back to Buchanan Street. That somebody said that Sinclair had come on. I was like Sinclair came on. Dad. I had no idea he'd come on, so that shows you the level of impact uh, that he had in the game because uh, I was not aware that he was even on the park. Uh, Pete, about halfway through the, the, the first half, Defoe had a, a penalty claim, having a wee look in social media. At the time, I claimed for it, but I thought it looked kind of soft. Seen a few things saying it was a bit of a dive. So what did you think? Was it a penalty? Was it a dive? Or was it, or was it neither? Well, at the time, I was shouting and bawling that it was a penalty and calling the ref all the names under the sun. But when when I seen the replay of it, um, I think Aya put his body in front of it and Defoe realised he wasn't going to get round him. So he sort of a dive. I know he didn't dive on the ground, but he dived into Aya. And uh, nah, I don't think it was a penalty. I don't think it was a dive uh, for to, to give a, a card. But I think he did sort of a dive into to Ayer. But uh, certainly wasn't a penalty. I thought it kind of semi-resembled one that Scott Brown done at uh, Easter Road a couple of weeks ago. What about you, David? Did you think that was a penalty? Did you think it was a dive? Um, I don't think it was It was a penalty at the time. I thought it was, where I, I sat, I thought it was maybe marginally, you know, if it was just inside the box, it wasn't. It wasn't conclusive from my aspect to the uh, at the stadium. So I, I'm, I'm repeating that one. It didn't look 
They didn't look at a nailed on penalty, but um, I just think it was a, a nothing kind of decision, really. So you didn't think it was a dive? Well, it didn't, it didn't look to be a dive. It was, it's happening that quickly in some respects when you're, when you're paying attention. Maybe I wasn't paying attention. You could be you could be looking at other players in the, in the pitch, but out of the corner of my eye, what I did see of it, it didn't... It didn't look to be a blatant dive either. I've not seen it back in the, in the TV since I've got back home, so um, I need to sit in the fence on that one, I'm afraid, mate. I've, I've, I came back and uh, I've sort of went through some of the stuff on Sky first and then I watched a bit of sports scene. Uh, I would I would say I think he's been a wee bit lucky in getting the yellow. I, think he, I, I thought it resembled one that Scott Brown done at Easter Road about two or three weeks ago where he sees a player coming and as Pete says he dives into the player to try and make it look like he's been fouled uh, but the one thing again that's quite interesting is no one talked about that as a dive with the Scott Brown one two or three weeks ago but they were all over it the day you know sports scene and the usual ones were all over it the day so it's that sort of consistency and how it's been uh, consistency sorry and how it's been reported but yeah I thought he I thought he tried his I thought he tried his uh, his arm a wee bit Going into the, the, the sort of later stages of the second half, guys, uh, Arfield had a chance just before half time, you know, kind of took a touch on the defender, quite unlucky. But for the second game in a row at Ibrox, Lustig sort of thought, no, I've had enough of this. Uh, I'm out. So, Pete, where's his Polis hat now? Yeah, well, that's his that's second game. I don't, I don't really know the story about this Polis hat. I don't know. I don't know well, what that was. When they, won, when they won the league last season, when they beat us 5 0 to win the league, in one of the goal celebrations, he stole a policeman's hat and stuck it on. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, well, no, well, that's the second game in a row. He's sort of crapped out, isn't it? He seems to. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Ryan Kent's his favourite player, put it no, that way. No. I don't think Kent had the best of games today, actually. You know, compared to his game. Uh, Certainly Ibrox in December, I thought he played very well that day. At Celtic Park, I thought he was outstanding. I thought he was a wee bit quieter that day, but obviously Lustig still didn't fancy it very much. Ah, but as soon as he gets the ball, you can just see the whole Celtic defence sort of a stiffen up. Because they hate, they hate players running at them, obviously. And Lustig as well, he's not the fastest player in the world. And he was, he was even shouting at, I think it was Johnson, shouting at Johnson to come back and cover him, to give him cover. So it's... So he's, uh, he wasn't alone with him. But, um, I mean, even, it was him that pulled down Kent for the first, for the goal, wasn't it? Right away. Yeah. I mean, straight away, you know, within the first minute, he's he's not enjoying it. And, and you have to think to yourself how many medals that guy's won. You know what I mean? It's, From the first uh, minute? I, I, I think he's been crapping all week. <laughs> <laughs> he's always not been looking forward to it, you know what I mean? And uh, aye, first opportunity he got, he went down, all oh, my legs hurting, that's me, I'm off. So, aye, fairly typical of him when it comes to games at Ibrox these days. Right, guys, into the second half, probably the, 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 the big talking point outside the result, obviously. Uh, the incident between Flanagan and Brown. David, I'll come to you in this one. Did you think it was a red card? I don't think it's a red card. I've watching it in real time at the game. You obviously the corners um, didn't get taken, or it just it just been taken, and then the referee blows up. Yellow cards um, given. Uh, obviously, Brown hit the deck. 
you know, you can't really see. As I say, I'm I'm up at the the kind of Cortland Govan corner end of the, the stadium, so it's it's quite a distance away from the incident itself. I have, however, looked at it in in a on social media and a super slow mo video on YouTube for different angles and um, it's a four arm smash. Is Brown going down trying to get the player sent off? I would say yes. Um, is John Flanagan leaving himself open to possibly being uh, getting into trouble with, with Kevin Clancy? Definitely. Um, but I think, um, without sounding as if I'm fudging it, uh, I would say a yellow card was, was the correct decision. So um, I don't know what everybody else thinks, but I've had a misfortune the way the way back to here is Radio Scotland. I've, I got a lift home from a, one of my brother's mates and he'd, he'd on Radio Scotland and uh, Tom English, Billy Dodds, uh, Richard Gordon, they were doing their damnedest to get him cited. Tom English was saying that it was a definite red card and the way it sounded as though he'd, he'd deliberately, properly elbowed Scott Brown and then you, you get back and you actually see the replays back. It's nothing of the sort. So... Um, with, with thinking on and on about it, I would say it's a yellow card. Well, I mean, I've I've looked at it a couple of times since I've came back. As I said, I went through some of the highlights on Sky and then watched a bit of sports scene. I think it's a red all day long, right? However, sure. there was a was there not a similar incident? Was it against Kilmarnock with the Kilmarnock goalkeeper against Kamara? Aye. And he got sent off, but that got rescinded, did it not? It did. Yeah. So with it. And again, this sort of consistency thing on the night, the, the night Kamara went down, it's actually it's, it's at the same end of the ground. So you know, I'm I'm like you, I'm towards the, the Copeland Road end of the ground. So it's at the other end. When when Scott Brown hit the deck today, I didn't see anything. I was like, what's happened there? The guy behind me, because uh, Clancy pulled out the yellow card, he was getting at the. Well, he, he must be given a penalty then if he's booked him. I was like, well, I can't give a penalty because the ball wasn't in play. So, I mean, this sort of thing that it was a penalty, that's a nonsense. The ball wasn't in play. Yeah. However, I would I would like to see if Flanagan is cited by the compliance officer, which I would suggest would happen, given a record of, of, of citing Rangers players. I, I would be, inter- I'd be interested to see what happened because the, that, that incident with Kilmarnock, that was rescinded. It's only, the only thing I could think of um, is whether it's deemed to be retrospectively violent conduct. That's only, as far as I'm, unless my my knowledge of the, the rules and the protocols are, are incorrect, the only way, if the referee sees the incident and deals with it on the pitch, the only way the compliance officer can become retrospectively involved is whether it's violent conduct or not. So it's, during the, in his report, if he deems that to be violent conduct retrospectively, retrospectively Presumably, having viewed a replay via Sky or, or whoever's providing the pictures, then that may well lead to a citation for the, the compliance officer. But I don't know. But do you honestly think that was that's violent conduct? Do you know, I think he's kind of blocking. Well, I, thought that, I thought that I thought the goalkeeper, uh, the, the incident with Kamara and the Kelly goalkeeper, I thought that was a sending off. Okay. And I was a wee bit surprised when that was rescinded. I thought that was a sending off today. But I'll be interested to see what happens. Based on because we do have, you know, you know, a precedents. You know, there's a, a similar case happened not that long ago, where the person who had flung his arm across someone's face, 
you know, they, they got the, the, the red card rescinded. So I'd, I'd be, it'd be interesting to see where this goes from here on in, I think, because, as I said, there's a president there, so... Ah, fair I, enough, I agree with you. You're, 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 what you say makes total sense. As, I mean, it's it's up running about somebody's chest, their neck. Their, obviously, Brown made a meal of it, made the most of it. Um, I can see why you would say it was a red. What about you, Pete? Did you think it was a red? I think it was a red, but to be honest, do, do we really care? Scott Brown's no. Scott Brown's done <laughs> Scott Brown's done enough forearm smashes and other people and get away with it. So he got his he got a lot of his own medicine back today. And uh I'm quite happy with that. But the referee, I think uh if he did see it, then he, he should really have given a red because it wasn't a yellow, it was a red. But uh I don't really care, to be honest. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Right, guys, the second, the second goal. Uh, now, we've ran and raved about him all season, uh, Kamara. Now, Brown gave the ball away. There was two bits of outrageous skill for Kamara. He'd done one boy and then, then got, got the ball back again and then turned Brown an, actual, an absolute cracker. You know, sent him at the stadium. He, he needed his bite to get back in. Pete, how do you feel about Kamara? The, the, the more this boy plays, you kind of feel embarrassed that we got him for 50 grand. Yeah, it's about the biggest uh, robbery since the Great Train robbery, isn't it? <laughs> for, for, ah. when, you, when you think what he does, he's absolutely ah, he's, I mean, brilliant. He's, his feet are just so quick. He just sort of uh, floats past people and turns. I mean, as you say, turn just turned brown. <laughs> brown didn't know, have a clue what he was doing. But um, no, he's a steal at 50,000. And... His ball retention skills are absolutely fantastic. His first touch is fantastic. The only thing I will say is that sometimes he does pick the wrong decision and the defence gets into trouble through it as well. So it is, I would say he's 95% is, is great, but there is a 5% danger when he does do things that, that he can get caught out as well. I think you get that with any player, though. You know, I mean, no one's no one's perfect. You know, when you consider the financial outlay on the guy, uh, that today, I mean, when the ball came to him, his body shape, it made it look like he was going to pass the ball in field, and Browns tried to anticipate that and went to cover it, and then just how quickly he turned and went the other way. Uh, oh, I thought it was brilliant. And it wasn't, I mean, I'm, I'm not far away from where that happened in the ground. You know what I mean? So it was just, oh, it was brilliant. Uh, but it wasn't just once he'd done it. He, he, he was doing it a lot. But yeah. the, the Celtic players just couldn't get near him. To, to to do anything about it? Oh, it was it was it was a touch of class. And then I, I think the second goal there was sort of three elements to it. There was there was the the action by Kamara, you know, by the doing Brown. David, what about that that dummy for the the four? That was <laughs> how did he even know that Arfield was there? Well, they've struck up about a partnership in recent weeks, haven't they, Colin? So I it was. It was one of those ones where, you know, a bit of presence of mind, a wee bit of imagination. Um, if it comes off, it looks fantastic, as it obviously did for the goal. If it doesn't come off, you know, people are going, oh, that was unlucky. And it was maybe just, just get through and or just didn't get through or whatever. Um, ah, it, was, it was a wee touch of, wee touch of news for, for Jermaine. And it was, uh, it was very, very welcome. It was a great goal. The, the noise when the, the second goal went in was, was magic. And, and obviously all the bears on the ground went off their head. It was brilliant. None more so than the boy Ross behind me, as I told you earlier on. Pete, the finish by Arfield, again, we've, we've spoke about him, but, you know, since Morelos went out the side through that suspension, 
and he's, he's sort of playing this different role. I think overall, throughout the whole season, I have to say, up until about, I would maybe actually say up until the Celtic game in December, uh, I still hadn't been totally convinced on, on our field, but he's he's grown into the jersey, I think. He, he looks like a, a, a proper Rangers player now, in my opinion. Yeah, the thing with Arfield is that he's, he's, he makes these late runs into the box that other players don't, and that's what that's what makes him so dangerous. Uh, he's actually, I hate I'm, I'm, to, to mention the guy, but he's actually does what Rodjick used to do to us. He's now doing it to Celtic. But the, the, thankfully now, Rodjick, he, he, he seems to be walking with lead boots on there just now. Uh, in fact, I would even maybe even go as far to say he looks if he's finished. But um, that's what our field does. I, I think I think it's more some of these boys are, are now fishing for a move. If you know what I mean. Do, do you fish for a, a while now? Do you uh, fish I, for I, a move by playing rubbish? Well, you kind of well you spit the dummy out a wee bit, don't you? You know, I, I just think players. I think there's a few players in, in that Celtic team that look like they're kind of ready to move on. I think a few of them will have to move on. <laughs> they don't have much choice in the matter. No, especially especially that guy. Sorry, especially that guy, Burke. I don't know what he's doing there. Oh, well, I'd rather they kept as many of them as possible, to be honest with you, Oh, so would I. And Lennon as well. Yeah, I would, I would have that. But I think today's result might have... Uh, I suppose if he gets the Scottish Cup, it would, it would maybe swing in his favour. But, you know, two games against Rangers and... You would have to say that Rangers have outperformed Celtic in both of them. I know Celtic got the win a few weeks ago at Celtic Park, but with 10 men, you know, Rangers dominated them that day. We've dominated them today. I think short-term gain in terms of winning today is good, but the, the short-term pain could, sorry, the long-term pain could be that they, they, they look elsewhere for a manager. But coming back to our field, I, I just think he's, you know, as I said, he looks like a proper Rangers player now. It's took him a while. And I was delighted. I, I, I couldn't have thought of a player. that I, When Ryan Jack got that goal in the last game, I kind of thought at that time, I, I kind of think of a player that deserves it more. And it felt like that the day when, when Arfield scored. You know, I, I think he deserved that goal against Celtic. The thing with Arfield as well, though, is he's not frightened to go back and mix it as well. I mean, you see him doing tackles at the back, getting in, stopping. And sometimes he swaps with Jack or Davis and... Uh, and he gets he just gets right in, stuck into the midfield as well. So I mean, he's really he's he can. There's more to his game than just uh, playing next to the striker. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, guys, second half chances. You know, two nine up. Again, you know, really dominating the whole thing. You know, Taff had a free kick. He sort of had to straight at Bane. Defoe had that chance. We had the shot, and it came back to him, and he had this lovely wee dink. And it hit the bar. So, you know, we're, we're running all over the top of them. Obviously, Arfield got man in the match today, but I thought there was two or three other boys that, that we could talk about. We've obviously we've spoke about Kamara. I thought Katic today, David, was was outstanding. Now, there, there was this whole thing with him and Warrell. You know, Warrell came in the team about September time. When I thought Katic was actually playing pretty well, uh, he's, he's, he's came back in the last few weeks. And looked solid, and I thought today he won absolutely everything. Definitely, definitely. I think I, I concur with your your sentiments. He's, um, we seem to be talking about about Nicola Cottage most pods these days, and he, 
he was commanding call. You know, every every time the ball goes in the air, you're thinking, right, if he's got a run on this, he's going to win it. And uh, that's what you need. And but having said that, I don't think there was a fault throughout the whole team. I thought everybody performed really well. There was obviously there was there was odd occasional laps, but you can expect that in a game of such intensity, regardless of whether Celtic are on the top of their form or not. But um I thought all throughout the team the boys were excellent. Um Katic, tremendous. Uh, John Flanagan, when you're looking for somebody to set the tone that crunching tackle on Tom Rogic in the first half was was uh, poetry in motion in many respects. Uh, Connor Golson again marshaled the back line very, very well. James Tavernier, you know, metronomic, doesn't he stop? He's, he's running all day. Tremendous. Um, metronomic. Metronomic, he doesn't stop. You know, he's, he's, he's constantly moving. He's just the, 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 the the levels of stamina and, and fitness that boy's got are tremendous. A lot of, I think more more and more Rangers fans are coming into the, the idea that, that Tavernier's you know starting to look like the, the real deal. I mean, you said there that that Scott Arfield today kind of cemented his his place as a real Ranger in your eyes. Um, I think the same can apply to James Tavernier. A lot of people have um, criticised Tav for not being a, a vocal captain, but you look at his example. Uh, I know. I know. Sometimes he's he's final born at the box and his delivery is not as maybe sharp or as uh, on the button as it as it as it was in previous seasons. But I think his defensive work is up practically vertically. He's he's his levels have, have definitely risen. Um, but Nicola Katic, when you, you compare how we looked, you know, slightly vulnerable when Joe Laurel was in the team. Certainly, when the ball's in the air, that that vulnerability looks to have gone. Um, I think I seen a stat that said we've uh, we've we've shipped one goal in nine games. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know, I, that, that, that I, think for, I think we've scored about thirteen in that time as well. Uh, that that speaks for itself, Colm. You, you can't buy that. That's that solidity that we had at the start of the season looks to have come back. And I don't think it's, it's I don't think it's too much a coincidence either that uh, you know John Flanagan's came back into the team and added to that. That solidity. I know. He, I know. Sometimes he, he gets caught out. Um, he obviously he gave the ball away quite close to the end of that chance that the buck uh, passed up. Um, but for the most part, looking solid, and the, the back line's looking looking pretty good. I would say. Pete, another one that I thought would done done very very well today was uh, Stephen Davis, and kind of following on to what Davis just said there. You know, we've, we've been on this tremendous run. And that's six wins in a row, you know, and and that six wins in a row, you know, pre- predominantly against the top six sides, you know, since since the split. So, to me, it kind of feel, it feels like we're hitting that run of form that we wanted to hit after the winter break. But players like Davis and Defoe weren't up to speed. Those two guys have now become fairly prominent in the team and and you know quite important members of the team. And it feels like they're getting up to speed and that they're having a big a big say in, in why we're, we're, we're playing so well. But Davis today, again, I just thought, very, very controlled performance. You know, everything goes through him. Well, if, if we'd been playing this way from the beginning of the season, uh, the, the league would have been done long ago. Uh, and I, I really got to apologise to Davis because, as I, I, I said, he was finished and he wasn't he wasn't going to produce for Rangers and uh, I'm afraid I was totally wrong in that because the guys come on to some game and he really it's just a shame he wasn't he didn't come 
uh, ready for the for the for the job. But I think I read him uh, from up from the summer, and he was right up to to running speed. Then uh, then I, I think the league would have been. I think it would have been a foregone conclusion by Christmas, really. Well, I mean that's 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 optimistic. It does kind of feel that you know if we'd have had this this run that we're on earlier on in the season, we would have certainly taken it to the wire. You know, I mean we took it to three games before the end of the season before Celtic. What you know, you think of the stupid points that we dropped against teams where there was the three Habs games that we always talk about, St. Johnson, Dundee. You know those stupid, stupid games that that we, that we dropped stupid points and. You know, if he'd hit that run, as I said, right after the, the the January break, then then who knows where we would have been. It does feel that someone said today that, I think it was Chris Boyd had said on Sky that, you know, when we're looking back in this season retrospectively, we'll be kicking ourselves a wee bit because it, it could have been the one, you know, where we broke Celtic's attempt to get nine and, and even the ten, you know, so... Hopefully we'll come back stronger next year, but I think I think Davis and Defoe have done a lot to this side since they've came in, uh, in in terms of improving the, the level of performance and getting us on this consistent run. But let's face it, this was a this year was a really poor Celtic team. Uh, uh, they they managed to scrape through in a lot of games, but how many games did they score in the the ninetieth yeah, minute? And, yeah, yeah. If you take all the games. And I'm going to put the cat amongst the pigeons and ask you, do you think we would have won the league if Cattage had kept his place right through the whole season? I, 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 I don't think it comes down to Cattage. I, think, I, I don't think it's just one element. I just think we've, there's just been various things going on at various times in the season. That uh, I, th- I think David's got a very good point in terms of, I think Cattage attacks the ball, and I think you need that for a centre-half. Worrell, no so much. And I, I'm not having a go at Warrell. I think he's done a decent job for Rangers since he's been in. But I, I just think one Cattage is ours. He's our player, and and two, I just think, I think he was unlucky to get dropped in the first place. And when he's in the sort of form that he played today, I, I, I think he's the better player. So I, I don't think it's just Cattage, Pete. I, I, I think there's been a number of things. And Gerard, I think one. I, I don't think we have the the strength and depth. I, I don't think it's any sort of coincidence that it's been against the lesser teams where we've dropped stupid points. You know, when you're bringing in, you know, your squad players, I think that's where maybe some of the issue lies. You know, the, the guys that you're bringing in, when you're wanting to leave a couple of your top players out to give them a rest and you're bringing other guys in to give them a bit of game time, that's when I think we've lacked that wee bit of quality. But if you look at the likes of uh, Aberdeen, I mean, that's the, the kind of games Cattage would have reveled in because they're, they're big, strong uh, guys that, that, that love to put themselves about, and that's that's what Cattage is about, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, as I said, I thought he was brilliant today, but I don't think if he'd have played all season, we would necessarily be in a better position. I think that's what I'm trying to say. You can't, you can't draw nine games during a league campaign and expect to win a title. No, and I, and I think that I think that's I think it comes down to you know we don't have that strength and depth. I think when we're bringing in our squad players, you know, in the games against Levy and Dundee and all these stupid points and Johnson at Ibrox, the three Hibs games, you know, in a few of those games, you know, Gerard brought in you know your Lafferty's and all that kind of thing. 
and they just didn't have it. You know what I mean? Right. They just didn't have it, and I think that I think that's where Gerard will be looking at now. He's I think he's got a core side there that he thinks these boys can beat anybody on their day, but I need better quality on the fringes of the squad because you need that to, to, to build up a, a level of consistency because you're not going to have the same 11 every week. Yeah, yeah, I think there are things, player availability, you know, with the, with the suspensions kicking in due to the yeah. and that, that's yeah. cost us, that, that's one of the factors that's, that's cost our season. I couldn't disagree with that. And on that topic of, uh, you know, players getting sent off and stuff, Morelos came on today, David, for the four towards the end of the game. Uh, it kind of feels like it was his last game at Ibrox. Is that how it felt for you? Um, I didn't stay for the for the fans um, going around the, the pitch to thank the, the sorry the players going around the, the track to to thank the fans. I I, th- I thought when when Celtic hung about on the pitch, I never went off. I thought that was going to be it. Um, and uh, as I say, I didn't, I didn't hang about. So what I've seen in the, the, some of the photos online, uh, it looks as if that's possibly his. Um, I'm seeing his goodbyes, Colin. I, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the latest rumours are that that, that uh, Marcy are weighing up whether they're going to meet Rangers' valuation of him. So it looks as if, in all likelihood, the club are going to cash in and Alfie's going to move on. But we'll, we'll need to wait and see. I might be being a bit overly suspicious superstitious here but when I saw I saw someone tweeting the other day that Marseille are playing us on a friendly in the summer and I kind of thought well as you know how we played Helsinki as part of the Morelos deal you kind of think well there's something in that as well but that's how it felt to me I kind of think uh, we've seen the last time if, if that is the case Pete would, would you think Morelos's legacy as would you look back on as, as a good player for Rangers well, he scored, uh, scored a lot of goals. He's top goal scorer. Um, yeah, certainly he's, uh, he's he's been good for Rangers. He's cost us a lot. And just like that, with, with these uh, uh, sending-offs and, uh, yeah, if we, if we hadn't been sent off and all these things that put together that, yeah, we really should have been champions this year, and that's one thing I'll always sort of have in the back of my mind. If we, if we had uh, a centre forward that could stay in the park, uh, that that might have made the biggest difference to 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 where we ended up. But uh, as I said, I've enjoyed him being here. Uh, for me, I hope he. If if we don't get good money for him, if that isn't true, then uh, I hope he stays. Because I would hate to think that we we would accept uh, nine or ten million, which I doubt we will. But I would hate to think that we would we would accept that. So I, if if it's going to be that kind of money, then I'd prefer he stays because it's difficult to find players that are going to put in twenty, thirty goals a season for you. Well, he's on twenty nine now, isn't he? So if he, if he gets a goal next week, if he, if he comes. If... You know, if he features at all against Kilmarnock and gets a goal, I think he's going to be the first player since Chris Boyd uh, to score 30 goals in a season for Rangers. So, in that respect, he's been good. You know, in terms of his, his temperament and all that sort of stuff, the amount of times he saw red, I thought he was unlucky a few times, on, on, you know, when it came to being sent off. But that was undoubtedly an issue and that 
you know, sort of overshadowed some of his good work. Uh, and he never scored against Celtic. And I think good strikers, good Rangers strikers score against Celtic. Uh, so, yeah, I'll miss him if that is the case. If he is going, I will miss him. I liked him. But, oh, I don't know. I just think we could get better out there, I think, you know. Uh, that shot, talk, Colin, sorry, that shot, uh, was it last year? That it was nearly in the goal line and he hit the post. That's yeah. that, that's I still get fright when I when I think of that one. And, and and that's one that you know, I think he just sort of stuck a toe at it. You know what I mean? He's had a couple of chances against them that he probably should have scored. He missed a header at Celtic Park, which I thought was a shocker. You know, I think he was on the six yard box and you know, everybody ran and raved about the, the safety Craig Gordon. I thought, you know, for where he was, he should have been scoring. A wee bit unlucky, and I, I don't think you can just, you know, write a striker off at Rangers because they didn't score against Celtic. What I'm saying is big names and, and, and big strikers score in those games, and I think that's something that, it's a wee black mark against his career at Rangers that he never managed to do that, I think. But that said, I, I think he's done a good job for Rangers, and I'll, I'll certainly miss him. Try to wrap up the game now, guys, because I'm conscious of time and we've got a couple other things to discuss before the hour's up. Uh, I mean, Celtic had a couple of chances to, towards the end. Well, one main one we spoke about earlier on. Flanagan sort of gave possession away. Cattage got caught on the wrong side of Edward and Ollie Burke really should have scored. 83 minutes, and that was a first shot and goal. That gives you a sort of idea of how dominant we were the day. Bring on Ross McCrory. As I said, our, our best goalkeeper and, and played them in midfield. Said this earlier on, guys, the issue with Lennon, David, I'll come to you in this one. If he doesn't get that job permanently, you know, that I, I want him to get it. You know what I mean? As I said, is it about a short-term gain for long-term possible pain if they, if they go elsewhere for a manager? Uh, probably, probably. Uh, I think most, um, I think most Rangers fans would like to see Neil Lennon get the job because there seems to be the, the, the kind of consensus amongst the, the support. If you can read into the kind of the kind of online feeling, um, would be that tactically uh, Neil Lennon um, can be beaten by Steven Gerrard. I think more. I, I, I put it this way, I, I think it's it's safe to say that when it comes to coaching and being a tactician, I think Brendan Rodgers uh, trumps Neil Lennon. So um, I think with the, the fact that Brendan's so fit to, to jump ship and get into Leicester, I think that's a bonus. Um, if Neil Lennon gets the job, I would they make Rangers' job easier, perhaps. Are they going to flex their alleged financial muscle in the close season? With whoever they appoint, whether it's it's Mr. Lennon or someone else, that remains to be seen. Um, but when you bottle it in, Colin, it's about what we what we do. You, you mentioned Glenn Kamara there at fifty k. Um, I think Rangers have been pretty adept at picking up guys for relatively little outlay. I mean, they've got Ryan Jacklin, a, a Bosman, tidy bit of business. They've got Scott Arfield and a Bosman, tidy bit of business. Um, they've got Stephen Davis. I don't know if it was an undisclosed fee. That's pretty good business. Alan McGregor came up the road. Didn't cost much in a transfer fee, I don't think. Um, same with John Flanagan. 
So even sorry about the, the kind of elephant in the room, Alf Bruno Morelis picking him up for a million quid. If we can be shrewd in the transfer market, the guys of of the season um, to get their feet under the table, assess the environment that they're working in. Uh, they've obviously been scouting players in the Scottish League, um, so fit to to sign up a couple of couple of guys. Um, I think it's all about what we do. If you've seen tactic to me anyway, you've seen tactically the day that that Gerard's learned. He's he's certainly he's matured over the season. And whether you, you include Mick Beale in that and Tommy Coleshaw and Gary McAllister for that matter, um, is is down to your own personal opinion, I guess. But they've definitely they've definitely improved and they've evolved over the course of the season. So if we can take that improvement uh, going forward into next season, then I, I would. I would say, unless Peter Lowell and Dermot Desmond pull a, a managerial rabbit out of the hat, then I, I think it's we can be confident if if we make good signings and we stay clear of serious injury. I mean, don't forget we get Jimmy Murphy to come back, who will be a you know a worthwhile squad member in the in the, the squad next season. Um, I think it's you know it's looking good for next season, and I'm not going to carry the wheel on the back of six consecutive. Factories. Yeah, I think there's enough enough signs of encouraging, uh, encouraging signs for next season. Allied to good recruitment, I think we could be in business next season. Well, one good sign today was the first time that we'd beaten Celtic back to back at Ibrox in seven years. So there are all these wee things. You know, we spoke about this on the, the preview show on Thursday. You know, things like getting into the Europa League. You know. We were top of the league a couple of times this season. We're getting closer to Celtic. We're matching them. I think there was a stat doing the rounds today that the, the, the aggregate score between Rangers and Celtic last year was something like 13-2 or something like that in favour of Celtic. You know, this year, Rangers have won it 4-3. We've scored four goals. They've, got, they've scored three. So, you know, there are wee signs that we're, we're, we're getting closer. I know, I know a lot of Celtic fans sort of rubbish all this, but I certainly think there's... Uh, a lot to be optimistic for for next season and and here's hoping. Right, guys, we'll, we'll wrap that up. We'll quickly got another wee couple of topics just to cover in the last sort of 10 minutes. I think we've done the game to death now. Could go on about it for another hour, just celebrating, but need to move on. Uh, there was one sort of downside to today's game, guys. There was, there was the whole sort of sectarianism thing again. Now, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and try and defend the songs that were sung today. The thing with the Neil Lennon one that really bothered me was, you know, I think we were two on up at the time and we hadn't even acknowledged the guy's existence, which is how I would rather it was, to be honest with you. And then this song uh, just came out the blue and I said to the guy that sits in front of me, I says, there's your headlines. That's it. That's just your, the BBC, the Herald, the record. That's all they're going to jump on. And your usual suspects jumped on it. Spears is all over it on Twitter. Tom English is all over it on Twitter. Michael Stewart all over it on Twitter. Now, not in any way trying to defend the, the the sort of the choice of hymns, shall we say? But Pete, the, the the selective nature again, it comes down to this: the sort of fairness and reporting, the selective nature of when people are offended and aren't offended. That's really starting to piss me off a bit. How do you feel about that whole thing? Well, yeah, there used to be the old saying, sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. And yeah, it, these things, they just used to be part of everyday 
sort of a football life, didn't they? I mean, there's today. I don't. I don't know. I didn't see uh, English or anything like that. I, I, I didn't see sports scene or anything like that. But um, there was today. There was Celtic supporters attacked the wee Rangers club last night. I don't. Did they mention anything about that in sports scene or, or any of the the papers? No, no, not that I'm aware of. I was aware of that. I, I saw that in social media today. Uh, the the incident at the Wee Rangers Club last night, and then again, that's that's kind of what I'm talking about. And you know, after the last uh, old fun game at Celtic Park, that the, the pub just outside Central Station, the Toby Jug, that that got its windows put in uh, for the the Green Brigade, and you know, so again, it's this sort of selective nature of what they're picking up on and what they're not picking. Up. I'm, I'm in no way defending, you know, the the choice of songs. I, I know it's a complex issue and all the rest of it, but the the, the, the thing that always gets me, if, if if it's going to provoke negative headlines for your club, why would you do it? Well, I don't you know. know. That, when, I, when I was listening on the, on, on the TV, I, I didn't hear the full, the the Billy Boys. I, did, I didn't hear the full verse. I just heard them singing hello, hello, and the the first line or two, and then they seemed to stop when it get to, gets to the... The bit that's not allowed, um, but I, obviously I'm not in the ground, so I don't hear that, and I don't know whether Rangers TV or or, or BT, because I was sort of I've watched sort of both of them, um, wh- whether they done anything to to dampen the noise, but uh, I, I didn't hear any the sort of a full version of it, and the Lennon one I don't know, I didn't hear that at all. I didn't I heard them singing a song uh, that. The Celtic supporters sing, which which that wee boy sung in the the paper uh, on on Twitter during the week. Yeah. Rangers had a sort of a, the same tune to that. I don't know. I don't know what the song was, but I heard I heard that that song. But it wasn't obviously it wasn't the Celtic version of it. No, but what about you, David? The the, the selective nature of people being aff- offended by this, especially sort of prominent, you know, members of the media. It's something that really grates for me. How does it sit with you? I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm no different. Um, the selectarianism is industry is rife in this country. Um, I've got to say though, uh, I'm with you. I concur wholeheartedly with you. When the Neil Lennon ditty went around the, the stands, or the, a couple of stands, it wasn't so much doing about where I sat. I don't know about how you felt when it, it was being sung, but Aye, the support in some respects don't do themselves any favours. I can, I can see why, you know, there's there's that element of defiance. Um, but I hypothetically, you could let's say that the range of support was whiter than white. That, that all, let's say, anything that could be deemed to be obnoxious football fan, loutish football fan behaviour was to be totally eradicated for the support, home and away. People like, like Graham Spears and Tom English and to an extent Michael Stewart, they, they'd find another stick to beat us with. Um, so maybe that maybe that informs the, the kind of defiant nature of the the songbook from time to time. But um I ah, you know I, I'm 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 a you and countless thousands of range of supporters who are irked by you know, I've used this phrase Umpteen times in the pod, there's just not a lack. Of, there's not a, there's no parity of esteem where Rangers supporters are concerned with 
we certainly with regards to Celtic supporters, you know, it's, it's like there's someone we street. Obviously, they, they came in and funneled into their, their wee corner of the day, and the, their romantic and inverted commas songbook started up before the kickoff, and you'll not you'll hear anything about that. No, that doesn't fit with the the the, the kind of agenda and and what we what we see with regards to certain social commentators that that, that, um, that push this agenda, whether it be in the, the printed media or the, the television media. I must admit, though, why why do we still need to sing about Bobby Sands that died years ago? Why why do we need to bring songs like that? And why are we singing about the IRA? Why are we giving them that time? Yeah, why are I'm, we not just singing ranger songs yeah I'm, i mean that's kind of i mean i'm not going to sit here and say i'm an angel and all the rest of it. you know i've sung some of these songs in, in in the past and in my younger days and all the rest of it but you know as you get a wee bit older and a wee bit wiser and all the rest of it and i, I have to say they're, they're no they're not really for me right it's not my thing uh I, I, my as i said earlier on my biggest thing with it is you know it's going to provoke negative headlines for your club you know it's going to give these people that hate rangers ammunition why would you do it I, that's the mentality I, I can't get my head around see if we stop doing it tomorrow i don't think that that shower across the road would that they seem to think they they seem to think that their songs are not offensive they're they're singing you know political rebel songs are not sectarian and all that kind of nonsense and it's to me, that's why they get away with it I mean, more than we do. But Minister Wade's in, Colin. We'll see if she wades in on the back of the day. You know, there's a constitutional thing going on in the background which doesn't help matters. But I still don't understand that mentality. You know what I mean? Neil Lennon was irrelevant today. You know what I mean? His team got pumped. Uh, he didn't have anything to offer. You know, he was sitting there on that bench, clueless in terms of how to get his team back into the game, and then we hand him a get-out-of-jail-free card. Exactly, take the pressure right off him. And the supporters need to look at themselves, regardless of whether it's, you know, it's high spirits and, and you know, because we're winning and all that. Some of the fans need to, need to take a, a second to think, what's, what's the repercussions of my actions Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, my opinion. Yeah. You know, a lot of Rangers fans will probably think, ah, oh, he's Rangers done and all that, and... But you, you, you can't, you've got to help yourself before you can even fight. I think, I think as a support, we have to take responsibility for some of the stuff, you know, that we've, you know, some of the fans are singing and all the rest of it. That said, the selective nature of how things are getting reported is a big issue. And, and, and in my opinion, is maybe fanning the flames a wee bit, you know, if right. it's not getting reported properly, some fans will think, well, you know what, in for a penny, in for a pound. If we're, going to, get hung, if we're going to get hung out to dry anyway, we might as well get hung out to dry for something legitimate. So there's an element of that about it, but it, it, I just find it frustrating. However, right, we'll try and move on for the last sort of couple of minutes of the show. That's us just about done our hour. Try and pick things up, pick the tone up again. Uh, David, last game, of the se- last game of the season next week at Kilmarnock, Surely the main objective is, you know, to finish the post-split post-split fixtures with a 100% win record. You know, we've been on such good form, finish the season on a high. Yeah, I would say so. Um, there seems to be a school of thought that we we might want to do Kilmarnock a favour to keep Aberdeen out of Europe, but no, I would I would 
you know, let's try finish this the season on a high, finish it with a post split hundred percent record. Um is there an opportunity to give a couple of the, the younger guys a a, a debut? Possibly. Um you know whether the, the plastic surface or rugby part might inform the manager's selection, I don't know. But uh, I would like, I, you know, we all come on to doing it anyway. So I've, you know, other than the cup quarter final, I think we, um, sorry, the cup uh, last six. Final. Um, I we we we're due to give them a tanking in the league. So I, I'd rather it was it was next week to spoil their hundred and fiftieth. Either hundred fiftieth anniversary celebrations. It's supposedly going to fill Rugby Park. I <laughs> well, we'll see how that goes. Uh, you never know. They might do it. They might do it. I mean, there's enough hatred out there for Rangers, so you never know. Uh, Pete, I'll give I'll give the, the the last word on of the the pod to you tonight. You know, this momentum that we've built up. How important is it that we, you know, go away in the summer, you know, rest and and recharge the batteries? But how important is it that we come back with that same momentum and get off to a really good start next season? Very important. I think today's result gets us really on a high. I think if we can finish next week on a high everybody goes happy on their summer holidays and i think that's very important would i put in young players no i wouldn't if young players are going to come in then they train with the in the, the new season uh and then if they're good enough they, they stay in the squad for next year but i would just finish on a high go away with that feel good feeling and uh and we won today, so I'm happy. Yeah, and that's the note we'll finish on. We won the day, and it was fucking fantastic. We had joy, we had fun, we had beating Celtic in the sun. <laughs> right, guys, thanks for that. Right, folks, that's all on this week's uh, Jersnet Weekly Podcast. Uh, thanks for listening in. A big thanks to David and Pete for their contributions. Next week, obviously, it's the last uh, game of the season against Kilmarnock. There'll be a show out on Sunday night. We'll be live again next Sunday night, I believe I'm hosting. Uh, in the meantime, get yourself on to the Jersnet forums at www.jersnet.co.uk. Uh, lots of stuff on there, articles, opinion pieces, and, of course, the forums. Get on and talk about Rangers with other fellow-minded supporters. Listen, Bears, we've had a great day. Have a great, a great, a gay week. <laughs> a gay week. Have a great week. Get it right up them in all your workplaces. Uh, and until next Sunday, bye for now.